Hello, dear friends of Warcraft 3, competitive Warcraft 3 esports, and of course, back to Warcraft. This is the podcast number 34. And once again, 34? 35? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It should be 34. 35! Hey, 35 it is. Counting is hard when you're getting older. Anyway, I'm here once again to talk about the future of Warcraft, of competitive Warcraft to be precise, because uh, of course we don't know what Blizzard is doing, we don't know what's going on on the developmental side of things. What we can talk about is the tournament environment, because that's where we have some uh, insight on, this is where we mostly operate, and this is what we can influence. So if you're thinking, hey, is he talking about a new expansion coming up? Is he talking about a re-reforged or something? I've no idea. There's no communication, as it is in so many different other games. We've heard this from Kaldor and Heroes of the Storm. We've heard this from Roddy at the uh, Pylon Show podcast about StarCraft 2. So whatever the Classics team or whatever is left of the Classics team at Blizzard is doing, we don't know. So let's not speculate about that. Let's talk about uh, what we know. First of all, uh, I think in the podcast with Floss a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that every single like and every single comment and every single uh, subscription, whatever, follow, helps the project a lot. And I see that on YouTube. A lot of you guys do this now. Just one simple comment under a video helps with the algorithm. So this is very, very cool of you guys to do that. We try to reward you with a couple of uh, hearts and likes and whatever to give back. So if you're one of those guys who puts a smiley face under a video or just a two-word comment, we appreciate you a lot. So what's the situation? The situation is that in the past two years we had the DreamHack ESL Pro Tour circuit. And of course that was pretty much the centerpiece of the entire Warcraft world alongside WGL in China. And, you know, in one year, WCG, but let's put that aside. We don't know if it's coming back or not. The situation is as follows. Uh, just the earnings of 2021 used as a metric here. The price pool currently is $770,000 for 2021. That is 200,000 of DreamHack, and that is 50,000 from WGL. So one third of the entire prize money is coming from those two circuits. DreamHack is obviously ending and it's not coming back in 2021. The situation for WGL is kinda up in the air because we haven't had a winter edition, which we usually would have had. It's always two seasons per WGL. And WGL also lost a little bit of his appeal thanks to the pandemic because uh, unlike the years prior from 2015 to 2019, players from Europe are not invited to come to China but play on netties from their home. So that works decent-ish for Foggy. And all the other CIS players who have a little bit of a better routing to the Chinese servers, but it absolutely doesn't work for players in Central Europe and also not for players in especially East Coast USA. West Coast might, might be a bit better. But not having all the players there takes from the appeal of WGL. And of course, from a fan perspective, they the Chinese still play or the, the big Chinese league still played in Reforge graphics, which we also don't like. That's a little bit of an issue. 
But I think the Chinese scene, and this is the first talking point here, the Chinese scene is still great. And there are several reasons for that. Uh, or the, the Asian scene, not the Chinese scene. The, um, the Asian scene is great because you might have heard about it. There is a team league coming. A big team league. Big, big, big team league. And that is called the World Champions League 2021. And it's organized by SC Boy, who also does the organization for the World Team League in StarCraft 2, which is a very similar and very cool competition. And this team league puts in a lot of money. We see more and more news and more and more information about this team league as presented today by Gornlan Harbor. Wong, you're a wonderful soul. Thank you for translating so much. And since we started with the prize money of $770,000 in 2021, and we're going to miss 250000 of that, we first of all have to talk about the prize money of this very team league. Of course, it's a little bit different because it is a team event and not a solo event. So you have to split the prize money by whoever is in your team or how many players are in your team. But here it is. The champion gets 23,000, the runner-up 12,000, 10,000 for the third place, 6,000 for the fourth place, and so on. That accumulates to $63,000 per season plus 2,200 per play day. It's going to be eight teams, so seven play days, so around 15,000 or 12, uh, let's say this accumulates to $75,000 per season. And we know that there's not only going to be one season of World Champions League, it's going to be three seasons in 2021. So this is about $200,000 of prize money for the team league alone. And that is why I think the Asian scene will be pretty good in terms of prize money. Because, of course, if you don't have the big tournaments, you will lose the big players, as we already had in Infi and TH in the past. So I think the big boys, um, the Moons, the Lins, the one two zeros, they will still be playing just because of this, the Lawlites, etc., etc., uh, so this will keep them motivated. This will keep them on focus. And this is the big thing in 2022. There's no doubt about that. There's not going to be anything as big as this. So that's one reason why the Asian scene is still going strong. And the second reason is that there's still a lot of tournaments outside of this and always have been. There is Next, which counts as a premier tournament with like $13,000 of prize money uh, for two, se uh, like for like twice a year. That's $25,000. It's also pretty good. And there is this little streamer war between TD on the one side and Infi, TH, and Fly on the other side. And they battle for the attention of the audience over there on Douyu and Huya and whatever other streaming platforms there are. So they create tournaments for TED, it's the TED Cup, for TH, Infi, and Fly, it's the TP Cup. And the prize monies for these are ridiculous. They're really, really good for like a one-week event. They dash out $7,000, $6,000, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's, it's a lot. And that happens frequently to have their own original programming, basically, for the Eastern scene. Plus, there's another player 
in Asia, and that is War 3 Station, which is basically the number one tournament organizer. We talked about this a couple of times before. It's done by Kuku, which is like the queen of Warcraft uh, over there in, in, in China. And they organize so much. Plus, there's hopefully the continuation of AWL in Korea, uh, WSB uh, by Japanda there as well. So I don't think we have to worry about the Asian scene at all. They will prosper. They always did great. Uh, they have several big players. And this will just continue. At least that's what we hope. But with uh, all these big names involved, I think it's fairly certain that this will stay. And that's good news. Because uh, even if WGL will not continue, there is a big competition. And there's always the hope of WCG coming back. Because I think that's one of the biggest uh, things here. You have to have at least one premier tournament that everybody's looking forward to, the so-called world championship or regional championship, something like that. The big one. We need the big one. The international for Dota, Worlds for League, Katowice for StarCraft 2. The big one. We need it. Um, because otherwise, fans don't have something to look forward to and there's not a storyline throughout the year. We don't know who the real greatest is. And maybe we settle this in Team Leaks now. Okay. But we still have a lot of competition. That should be fine. And then... There is the Western scene. And the Western scene was fueled by DreamHack and ESL. And there's no doubt about this. I mean, it's cool to have other tournaments. But they were ne not nearly as big as anything else uh, that ESL and DreamHack was providing. So what we have to worry about is exactly this, the Western scene. And this is where we are the big player. And this is what we have to come up with. Here in the Western scene, we got the War 3 Champions Finals as the number one tournament. I, I would go as far and say War 3 Champions Finals are bigger than DreamHack Regional Finals. Like the seasons. There's a lot more anticipation for that. Um... It is, of course, also a cross-regional tournament, which makes this a lot more exciting. But outside of China and outside of ESL, War 3 Champions is the number one premier tournament. And this is what we have to build upon. This, of course, this, this, is, this will continue. Is it the big one, though? And is it enough? And this is where I think, no. You need to have several different pillars for a Western scene to continue. I think we have to be honest here that the time of growth is over or potential growth is over. Uh, that was two years ago. That didn't really happen. We got a lot of players back. We got a couple of new players, but the main focus for us in the future should be keep the player base, keep them engaged, keep them entertained. Keep them motivated. And yeah, different pillars. One pillar must be weekly cups. That's, I think, the biggest pillar and I think the most important pillar just for continuation. Because, of course, players, streamers need some safety. They can't put so much time into Warcraft 3 when there is no at least somewhat stable income. 
then they have to split the attention, um, play 50-50 games or whatever, try to break into another game, which is very hard. So for that, for continuation, um, we need these weekly cups. And for now, they're covered by four players. And I, since the sign-up numbers are, I think, slightly rising again, and we try to put more focus on this, I really hope we don't have to worry about the four-player cups. Otherwise, we have to bring back... like. A back to Warcraft Weekly Cup or something. Weekly Cups aren't that hard to organize and to fund. There's always going to be someone who puts in $100. We did this... When was it? After Jera Cup, I think. When Jera Cup... Ended, oh no, when the Rising Star Cups ended. And we had no four players, we had no ESL for a while. Uh, this is when... We did the back to Warcraft Cups. And it was really, really easy to get $100 a week from you, the community, and ideally, of course, sponsors, but that's a topic for later. That is something I don't worry about too much. And since we have a very, very cool community, I wouldn't worry about a second pillar um, that is pr most likely grassroots stuff. Um, I count the Bronze Cup into this. It's a great grassroots cup. Also the Silver Cup for like a mid-tier, mid it's not really grassroots anymore because they're really good players, but, you know, uh, slightly below the elite, which is important to have one or two players somewhat breaking into the upper echelon. A great thing for that is also show matches. And this is another thing that I don't really worry about. Show matches will always happen. There's always going to be a guy or a promotion or an organization or whatever that can come up with show matches in no real... Like, in, in short time. It's... There's two different things, I guess, that we have to separate here. One is to come up as a sole person, as a, as a solo organizer with a show match every now and then. That's easy. A slightly different thing would be to come up with a show match series that has a certain uh, CI, a certain value. Mm. That is something that Heroes Hearth did before in like 2020 with the Fight Night. There you need more continuous funding and you need to put a little more work into this as this is more regular. But you can build a brand for show matches. Like imagine doing a Monday Night War, uh, which is, I guess, copywritten and you can't use that name, but have three show matches like a UFC card stacked up every Monday with a community show match, then slightly above a tier two show match, and then on top of the card, the main event is a tier one show match. That's doable for sure. Um, that would be a cool way to support a broader player base, as you can... Give a little money to players you want to support every now and then. But of course, stuff like that, you have to rely on the generosity of a, of a Patreon, basically. And you have to keep it exciting. And there must be a storyline. So, for example, you could do a happy challenge every week, but that's not really... That's not really too exciting. I think a King of the Hill kind of thing doesn't work in our current scene with Hitman so dominant in the US and Happy so dominant in the Americas and uh, in, in, in Europe. 
So I think a King of the Hill would be ideal for this kind of show match system, but it just doesn't work in our current environment. So you have to switch it up every now, keep it fresh, Ex uh, create exciting matches, maybe grab up some storylines that develop over other tournaments or on Twitter or something. That, that would be the dream. Like a UFC style format with press conferences or something where it's a little more personal. You know, it's not about the, the very, very top tier, but a little more personal charm to it. That's a little more difficult. Could be done though. It's not impossible at all to do that. That's the second pillar. I think the third pillar, and this might be a little underestimated, is teams. Because teams keep people motivated. And having clans like Playing Ducks or Raptor, put, they all put money into the scene player sponsorships or whatever, if they win a best of three in a clan war, they get a little reward or something. Helps with the stability for a player. And ideally, in a perfect world, this is the scenario that I look at now, it motivates so much to have a team. If it's well done. Of course, there's always mercenary teams where the players don't talk to each other at all, they just show up for a clan war, play their game, and leave. But that's not the scenario I'm looking towards here. I'm looking at clans like the Playing Ducks, who have, from what I know, a very, very good environment, and support each other, and motivate each other, and practice with each other, and just become friends through Warcraft. And this is not really on the higher level again, not the tier 1 level, as there, it's all about one-on-one -on -one competition, obviously, uh, and the big team league. But this helps players to stay in the game and keeps them playing. So money-wise, not the biggest pillar. For a solo individual high-tier player, not the biggest pillar. But for the tier 2, tier 3, tier 4 scene, player, whatever... That's it. Also, grassroots, incredibly important. And we see a lot of teams in W3IL. That thing prospers. It's well run, apparently, from what I heard. And teams like it. Despite some clans disbanding, like Dust not playing anymore, Team Sweden not playing anymore. W3IL this season is stacked with great teams. And this could become even more important in the future when it is just groups of friends playing with each other ideally and then here's the big one the premier thing what is that like okay there, there's there's another pillar um it's like one-off tournaments like the best example for that would be Russ brain cup which was a highlight for a while in the dark days of Warcraft, when there was a little more prize money than a weekly cup, obviously. One weekend, 8 to 16 players battle it out. That's in-between thing, in-between tournaments. Also, like, something like a stay-at-home story cup was this, stuff like that. So, that's also relatively easy doable. Just need someone to put in 2k, and then you have a war. Well, maybe 1k, 2k dollars, and then uh, you can organize this in no time. 
the big thing is the premier tournament. And I don't really, I don't have the best solution to this yet. This is something I talked about with Todd and Carson and also Kraft on the town hall that was re that was recorded Sunday and is up on YouTube now at Todd's channel. Um, it, that must have a lot of prize pool, a lot of prize money, because you need stability, as I said. You need continuity. You need to build storylines. And... The players need to know, okay, this is what I'm fighting for. And yeah, I don't know if we can come up with that on the fly. In my opinion, the ideal scenario would be, as we're very, very centered on the Western scene, a European Meisterschaft, like a Champions League in football is. And the similar thing on the smaller scale on in the Americas where you have something uh, to motivate the hitmans, the insubs, the deuces, um, maybe even like players like Duck, like something like that. So it would probably be on the same-ish scale as it was at DreamHack with Europe being twice as big as the Americas or something like that. But we will... Very likely be Europe focused. And for the Americas, someone else must be responsible. So the idea here would be have a big league in Europe, have a medium league in the Americas, let them play for a season, which could be half a year or something, and then have finals. And ideally have cross-regional finals. And then these winners there could challenge Koreans and Chinese for show matches or whatever. But having weekly events in that Meisterschaft or that Champions League of European Warcraft, I think, is what we have to focus on. Um, not really sure about systems yet. Because how many players would you invite? I think that is a very, very important thing. Because this is the amount of players that will have to be motivated. Think 16 might be good for Europe. We have 12 in Germany and there the skill gaps are pretty high. So in Europe, I think 16 would work. Um, and then what? Two groups of eight? Might work. And then for the finals, they clash. Because... What I think is lacking in Meisterschaft a little is anticipation for the finals. Maybe that is due to the skill gaps, but you see these players for 10 weeks and you can assess already who's going to win the entire thing. Of course, with Exot being so dominant, but also in the semis, it's oftentimes very one-sided and you know what's going to happen. This shall not be the case in the European region, which I hope evens out already due to similar skill or more similar skill but you also have to make it a little transparent so it's not like a franchise NFL kind of system that these 16 players or how many there will be uh, 16 players 
will be there for the end of time and nobody can break in. So you have to have some sort of relegation. You have to have some sort of uh, qualifiers for that. Maybe even a second division. But you also need to have it open for players who maybe miss a season. So there must be something like first division... And second division, where you have the relegation between these, but also like a wildcard qualifier for the first division, where everybody can participate that is in division two and maybe even not in uh, division two. So it's open for everybody. These are thoughts that are running through my head at the moment, like how to create a premier tournament that has longevity, that has storylines, that keep everybody engaged. while still being open to motivated players that are not making it into the first season, for example. Ah, rough. <laughs> and this this kind of league needs to have a big prize pool because it's a big time commitment. It's probably going to be one game a week or one game every two weeks, maybe. Over the span of half a year, five months, off-seasons are not a bad thing either, I think. So maybe four to five months. And for that, we need sponsors. That's also... We have the best shot of acquiring sponsors just because we have 100,000 followers on Twitch. We have the biggest social platforms in all of competitive Warcraft. Uh, we have our hands somewhat in War 3 Champions and somewhat uh, somewhere... Like we, we have our hands everywhere. Um, on, on the Reddits and stuff. Uh, so that's up to us. And that is our primary goal. Like, we will very, very likely not do a weekly cup. We will maybe do some sort of fight night. But our main priority must be the big one. Because we are the big player. That's our responsibility. That's a fact. So, then you have to think about how do you make this interesting for viewers. And I think in Warcraft 3, we didn't explore this field at all. Um, we made efforts during the DreamHack seasons with the pre-match interviews, with the player interviews, with these little highlight reels, uh, with post-game interviews. We can take that to a whole new level, which means that the players participating must be willing to do some media appearances. This is, for example, where a spiral will probably drop out, I guess. Uh, this is something that a happy won't like, but maybe will do. I feel like if we're able to create such a big league, then the players must do this if they want to participate. And some people will thrive in that, like a crab, like, for example, a Starbuck, Axlord, if he's in the mood. Uh, a Hawk can do that as well if he's in the mood. We have some good characters. Insub. Like, the, the entire Americas uh, will not have a problem with that at all. But, yeah, in, in Europe, that might be the most difficult one. Yeah, so that's the future, I guess. That must be the future. We can't rely on big companies like ESL and DreamHack. We can't rely on Blizzard. Um, it's going to be pretty hard for us, I guess, to get, like, a Twitch sponsorship. But I won't put that out of the realm yet uh maybe maybe we find someone 
otherwise we have to go for several small ones, which could also be in the privet. Yeah. So I think for 2022, it's all right. We got this covered uh, as long as the weekly cups stay. And this is basically what you can do. Sign up for the weekly cups. It doesn't matter if you're good. Don't you do you think the four player people who decide if this is continuing or not look at who wins the finals? No. They look at one number and one number only or maybe two. Um expenses, of course, how expensive is it to run these cups and how many people are interested in that? And we have to stress this every single week. Just sign up and play. This is what killed Dreamhack. This is what killed the ESL weeklies. People just weren't active enough. For the Bronze Cups, I think that is the major one where you all have to sign up. We had 40 players last time. Fine. Not amazing. For the Silver Cups, it was around 20, I think. And for the Gold Cups, what is it? Uh, let me look this up real quick. Yeah, also 25 or something. Just do it if you're in Europe. I mean, I know it's very, very hard for the Americas. Because it's, in, it's during the week. It's at... 1 p.m. Eastern time and then 10 a.m. Western time or something. It's really hard to do because it's not on the weekends. But the weekends, running a weekly cup on the weekends, yeah, it worked really well for Zotec back in the day and also for Jara Cups back in the day. But the weekends must be filled with premium content. That's a fact. Because if you have big expenses for prize money and production, you need to have the big viewership. And you get the big viewership only on the weekends. ESL Cups on Monday, they were kind of fine for a long time. But the participation numbers must be coming from Europe. And I think... Yeah, sometimes it's a little stressful. You have a 9-to-5 job and afterwards uh, playing a cup. Yeah, but that's it's so easy. Play play one. If you're bad, play one map. Takes 30 minutes at 7pm during the week. It's doable, guys. It's doable. We get a problem if these weekly cups disappear. We get a problem if a lot of players find something new to play. And that thread was Age of Empires 4, obviously. But I think, yeah, a couple of players started to play Age, but it's too different from Warcraft to attract a lot of players. To learn a new game and to compete with the old Age players, with a lot of Starcraft players. It's just not really doable. It's a lot slower, it has no heroes, it doesn't have this fantasy appeal um, that a Warcraft and also a Starcraft have, because it's sci-fi fantasy, obviously, with Zerk involved and stuff. And I don't see many players in the Warcraft scene, maybe, I don't know, 15% or something. There was a little dip in activity 
on War 3 Champions, but not too much. I don't see Age as a threat. And who jumped chip so far? Who's really high on the ladder? Nobody, nobody that has a name in Warcraft is trying that. The players will stick, as they always did, if we keep them entertained. I'm very sure of that. And that's going to be the ecosystem. The problem is how to fund it all. A lot will be private donors, like a Jera, like a Rust Brain, uh, like a cool number two at the moment. And then hopefully, hopefully we come up with something and attract people. And of course, you will always be there as a crowdfunding option. But uh, we ask a lot from you already. And we said this before, like we can't solely rely on crowdfunding. It's not going to happen. For the World 3 Champions Finals, I see that's fine. And that is going to be... That's going to be a cool thing for A, this Premier League off-season. Do the War 3 Champions Finals there. Then you know who's on top uh, in the Asian scene at the moment because they have all their competition, like Ted Cup, like TP Cup, uh, hopefully a WGL. And then you pair them with the guys who are dominating in the European region. And then you have these global War 3 Champions things. That is A, a storyline that writes itself. That is B, relatively easy to do because it's one or two weekends. Like these regional clashes, you can't really do that over a long time span because the time zones are just too different for everybody who has a side job, which is, to be fair, most people in the Warcraft scene. And so these inter-regional tournaments will be limited, I think, and one-off tournaments. But for the stability, for the longevity, you have to keep it regional. And I feel, especially for 2022, that is all doable. So people, of course, in the forums, in the Twitch chat, gonna be like, Oh, Blizzard abandoned this game. Now ESL is gone as well. Dead, dead game. No, it's not. This dead game moniker is pure cancer. And everybody who writes this somewhere is hurting the game and is hurting the scene. You have to be aware of this. There is, and I, this is also something I discussed in the town hall, but I think not too many people uh, from our cosmos watch that, so it's it's important to repeat. This dad game moniker is not coming from people who really love the game and who are really invested into the game, because they will understand Hardcore fans will understand what's going on and that, like what the situation is. It's coming from people who jump on bandwagons and jump on ships or from ships, from one to another. And of course we have to keep these people entertained because that is the potential of growth in the scene. Attract these people, get their attention, make them stay. But if you're just looking for the next hype, this is not the scene for you. But these are the people who bring in a negative mentality to the scene that might catch on because it's a virus. And we talk about viruses a lot in the past two years, I guess you, you understand how that works, including uh, all sorts of mutations of this virus. This has 
to be fought with, with positivity everywhere. Socials, Twitch chats, Reddits. Reddit is a social, but you know, it's a little bit, it's more like a forum. Discords. I know it can be fun and easy to talk about this imbalance, that game, yada yada. If this game means something to you, you fight these people. As it is with everything in life. If people bring in negativity, fight with positivity. If you're in the silent majority, start being more vocal. This is what you can contribute. And next to creating this next big thing, tournament-wise, the second biggest task is exactly this. Fighting the dead game meme. Everywhere, all the time. We do this by streaming. And on our streams, I guess. So, if someone says, this is a dead game, then how is it possible that we stream 130 hours every month? Thirty hours a week <laughs> with like one day off maybe there's always something to do that's not dead I can see that if there's only one weekly cup and only one biggerish tournament every once in a while That's kind of dead. We were kind of dead in 2013. And at the beginning of 2014. That was... That was deadish. But even that we survived. And the scene is so much stronger than it was then. Back then, there were no discords. And IRC was dead. That was... The early 2010s was a weird place where nobody really know, knew where to go. We had uh, Read More and Good Game for Germany and Russia, but that was basically it. In China, of course, Replace.net. But now we got the gym discord. We got so many cool communities like the Creepjack, Rocket Beans community. We got uh, players channels on discord. Like the discords are so essential and so important to learn the game, to talk about the game. We didn't have a Reddit back in the day. So even though it's not the most beloved platform and not the most used platform, it is still an essential platform with like 50,000 people or something. How much is it? 32 on the Warcraft 3 subreddit. And of course there's an overlap uh, with the WC3 subreddit and 32. Okay. On the Warcraft 3 also 32, so a combined 64,000. Using these subreddits is very, very important. Uh, we didn't have a Liquipedia. We didn't have a Warcraft 3 info. We didn't have translations from China, necessarily. Um, all these things weren't there. We didn't have Jim uh, Newbie League. We didn't have uh, the, the four player cups, four, three different tiers. Every now and then with blue cups and stuff, but that's it. We didn't have a W3IL, obviously. We have the very basic foundation. 
is sustainable because a lot of that is uh, automated or as automated as it gets. Of course, the Liquipedia people are putting in an absurd amount of hours. So everybody can find information if they want to. And we have our own server. Nobody can shut that down. I mean, of course, the War 3 Champions people can't shut that down if there's not enough support. But uh, this will not be a rotten server. If we want to change maps, we change the maps. If there's an issue, we can patch that. You know what I mean? It's not that we have to rely on Battle.net like in the 2010s. It's not like there's a W3 Arena team which at some point had no idea what they were doing anymore. This infrastructure of like these, uh, I use the term again, the four pillars is it sounds a little egocentric, I guess, but it is important. Us streaming, uh, community discords, Liquipedia, War 3 Champions. These four pillars are making this game so much stronger than it was last time when we were suffering. It's our garden. We just have to take care of it. And there's so many great people who do love this game, who stick with this game, who pull their hearts into this game. And you know what? Back then, we had like five people like that. And now, we got five people in our team who are like that. With Remo Carson, Out of Warcraft, me, and uh, let's say whoever helps out at the moment. <laughs> And of course, uh, you you can you could I guess count Todd in, in, into that as well. Uh, Lukipedia is freaking crazy. The War Three Champions team is is not on another level as the War Three Arena team. It's in another universe of skills and decision making. And having an ear for the community, there's of course potential for all of this. This goes for us, this goes for War 3 Champions, goes for War 3 Info. But just comparing this to 2013 is, is absurd. Like, the potential we have to be the DIY community next to Melee, I think, is there. Because Melee is very, very similar in... A lot of aspects. Publisher abandons them. Uh, they always had this big tournament in like Evo or whatever they do. They had the big tournament, uh, the, the the big support of Beyond the Summit because they had the crazy viewer numbers. We don't have these crazy viewer numbers, but if you compare earnings for for top tier player, um, Warcraft players, I guess, made more than Melee players in the past couple of years. Like, Happy definitely made more than Mango. And Happy wasn't even playing a lot of these tournaments. Because he was very, very Euro-centered. And yeah, that leads me to another thing. Um, I don't have the big conclusion yet, but I think you, you know. Um, better situation than last time we were all called dead. 
big players who kind of know what they do or that know a lot more than, <laughs> than last time what they're doing. The potential for the scene is still there if we're all getting our asses up. And everybody can do their part. If you don't play, support uh, these projects on socials. Um, comment, like, share. If you play at what level whatsoever, participate in the cups, participate or find a team. Build a team, maybe, if you have a group of friends. Build a team. Start in the lower division of War 3 Info League. Participation, activity. That's it. That's what we need. And then, of course, it's up for the big players to come up with something big, as it always was. Um, yeah. So I guess this gave a positive outlook with how much potential we have. We can do everything ourselves. People complained about uh, admins at DreamHack and rules in, in the DreamHack rule set. We can make it better. We can make this scene what we want it to be. And we have the potential to do so for sure. Um, which leads me to like news, I guess. We talked about this team leak already. We Do we have the starting date? Yes. So uh, the starting dates, the first two weeks are a little unfortunate. Because this is the schedule, I just, uh, it, it, it's a Chinese schedule, but you see it. Left side is December, right side is January. So the first play day, um, so it's four, four play days every week. So I guess that makes eight teams, right? So every day, one match. That means seven play days with eight teams, right? That's freaking, that's a, that's a lot of activity already. It starts on Christmas. Second week is New Year's. Like, oh, dude, no, I will be hungover. Uh, but we'll do our very best. Like, organizing these casts is not that easy. I will be casting 23rd. Hopefully Carson can do 24th. 25th seems impossible at the moment, but 26th we will be there. And I guess second week is also the only issue is January 1st after New Year's. But if we aren't there live, we'll do replay casts. And then afterwards, Thursday to Sunday, every single week, boom, 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 bangers. There's a little break here in January. And there's a little, there's another tournament coming up. And there is another break here in early February because it's Chinese New Year. So there will be a couple of breaks in between where we can do something like War 3 Champions Finals, for example. But apart from that, we have, uh, since like playoffs are announced, it's two weeks of, it's, oh, they already said it. Uh, eight teams, of course, seven weeks of group stage, two weeks of playoffs. That's already nine weeks of content times three is 27 weeks of content from the team league alone. And that's half the year. That's pretty sick if you ask me. And there's another great development that happened right after Happy One Dreamhack. Because I got this feeling already... Oh, I got this 
idea I heard about it that Happy is playing games with over 100 ping on ladder. And this was something new. Like, um, it was the Happy versus Hitman games were happening on War 3 Champions all of a sudden with 100 ping. So that means Happy might be more open to playing competition where he doesn't have the perfect ping. And I got two more examples from that. There will be show matches this very weekend. That is December um, 11, 12, and 13. Happy Place versus Colorful on Saturday and versus Focus on Sunday. That is uh, two best of six, like two best of threes each. One will be played on Netties, one will be played on War 3 Champions. And there's a good amount of prize money already. $3,700 here. I can tell you on Monday, December 13, Happy will play versus Fly. So Happy is playing on suboptimal ping for these show matches. That of course opens up the possibility of Happy joining War 3 Champions again. That opens up in an ideal world for Happy to play this team league. And that would be super hype. As uh... oh, there's there's another one. Ted Cup is coming, December fourteen to nineteen, and Happy is listed as a player there as well. That is uh, Ted's Cup for six thousand two hundred dollars something. He will be playing there alongside Sock, Chemico, Linguagua, One Two Zero, Colorful, and uh, some others. Foggy is in there as well. So, Happy playing competition on Netties again is exactly what we wanted. It keeps him in the scene. It will make him a good amount of money. I think uh, using a system like Foggy to get the money from China into his own bank account works really well, especially if it's between individuals like Ted and him or Infi and him. Um, Infi TH Fly, whatever the name of their organization is. War 3 Lovers, I think, or whatever it is. Uh, that's great. That's really great. Because we have more inter-regional competition there as well. Happy stays motivated. Happy stays in the scene. Same goes for Fog. You can earn the big bucks over there. And, of course, from something like War 3 Champions. Because if he's playing Ted Cup on Natties, I don't see a reason why Happy's not coming back to War 3 Champions Finals where the ping is way more moderate. Than on Netties, of course. So that's huge. War 3 Info League is a banger of a tournament. And there's great matches coming up. Like Zero Effort with Hitman and Insub, for example. Versus the Playing Ducks with Croft and Starbuck. Also there, cross-regional competition. Even though it's only a team league. We got glimpses of that. Man, the end of the year is insane. Is absolutely insane. And this is two weeks after we were proclaimed dead due to ESL and DreamHack gone. This momentum, we need to ride this momentum. And this is why I look positively into 2021 because I know what we're capable of. I know what the scene can be capable of. I know that what the Asian scene is capable of. And it looks good that people who were really, really stubborn for the past two years are softening up. 
as Hitman is also playing World 3 in Full League, playing uh, on higher ping for him. <sighs> That's a lot already. That's a lot of monologue, 51 minutes. Uh, I hope I covered everything. But you guys had some questions. And last week when I talked about the dream hack, uh, I had to postpone a lot of questions already. So this is where we answer your questions on the future of Warcraft. So this Q&A part might be a little longer. Of course, you can always send in your questions for the podcast if you're a Patreon of this beautiful channel, patreon.com slash back to Warcraft. Um, just for the first and second tier already, which is $2 and $5 a month, you can be part of these Q&As. Um... I have to dig them up real quick. <laughs> An obvious path to me seems like reaching out directly to Blizzard. Uh, okay, yeah, that's rough. But of course, we will we will try to get in touch with them as well. Like, it it, it would be stupid not to do that. Touch base on their appetite for continuing support of Warcraft through back to Warcraft. Uh, because it can be a lot, lot, lot cheaper than what they paid ESL, obviously. We won't be able to bring it to the same scale as the DreamHack Regional fi uh, Finals were in Stockholm. But we can definitely do the seasons for little money. But also, you know, working with Blizzard, seeing what they did to Heroes Esports, they could cut funding in a second and they will probably have a lot of demands and rules etc etc i don't know if that's really nice to do maybe we reach out to coinbase or to norton or um maybe even team liquid as they do a leak for for starcraft i know they are based in starcraft but who knows who knows just reach out shopify Maybe they are interested. They are huge RTS fans. We'll see about that. We can operate with a small budget to make big things happen. And they get a lot of screen time presence from there. And there's smart people in the community. We see it already from Micrologic um, that they are actively sponsoring a tournament for us to tell you that they are hiring. This is where the where a big value in the Walker 3 community is. It's not uh, the big viewership as StarCraft has in comparison, of course, that an Age of Empires 4 will have. But, you know, maybe recruitment is the way. So, question by Armin. Um, I'm curious on your take on the difference of the Warcraft scene in the upcoming month, whether there is a patch or not. Uh, of course, if we get patches, everything looks a lot better, looks a lot more updated, looks a lot um, more active and alive. It would be a great sign from the outside to get a patch, if it's just a little balance patch. This is also something that can be done via War 3 Champions when it comes to maps. And I think ideally 
we get a couple of new features for War 3 Champions. And it might be the smallest thing like improved statistics or just a new look and feel or something, you know? Some small upgrades that keep the people excited. And that can, of course, be automated tournaments, which are in the work, which are supposed to be done in like three weeks or something. I hope they can make that work. But um, every new thing keeps people engaged and that goes for our overlay. This is why we are rebuilding the entire screen setting, stream setting that you see right now. It will be will be completely new for 2022 uh, and beyond. How come that certain Cubs leagues get so much attention in player numbers around 70 for uh, the playing Ducks Cup last night? And the weekly cups are about 20 people. I really don't know. I really don't know. Is the four players page just shit? And challenge is much better. Playing Ducks made it really smart. And I think what they did is a way uh, to give people an incentive to sign up. They have a point ranking for their cup. So... If you play all four cups, you get like 100 combined points or something that can help you. Everybody who signs up has a chance to win something, even though he's getting eliminated in the first two rounds. We could do that with gifting subs or gifting a t-shirt or something like that. Like more incentive for play uh, people to sign up. Because there's no real excuse. It was very central like it was only available this this playing ducks thing was only available for germany austria and swiss and playing ducks members so you can't say like oh there was a lot of americans no there weren't yeah maybe four four players did this before they had raffles for the early rounds and that's not a case anymore but maybe we just have to do it by gifting a shirt to someone who signed up Putting the thought of viewership and appealing to people's ask, what event would you like to see, Neo? One that currently isn't about to happen. That would be... My, my ideal scenario would just be a, a UFC card. Start with fun, interactive community show matches. Build yourself up to the tier 3 scene where you have an interesting scenario that you can build as well with pre-match statements, uh, press conferences. Like, it doesn't really matter to me too much who's playing as long as the storyline is good. Just make the storyline good, uh, mix in different formats as well. So the day is not only uh, seven one-on-ones, but mix in a two-on-two. -two. Uh, maybe do an FFA. FFA is kind of hard to do media-wise, but do a, do a two and two, do a four and four. Mix it up. Um, let um, Sonic and Insub play on a micro war map where they play 10 rounds of micro war against each other. You know, uh, you can add so much flavor with that, with well made media and c coverage. 
and pre-match hype and then spice it up and do that regularly build the brand create hype around it and on the other side like that that would be my media approach to this ufc is unbeatable in that and we need to copy this and from a tournament perspective having a big western one-on-one -on -one league that spans over five months would be the dream of course ideally with offline finals but i think we don't have to dream about that as long as uh, a rich saudi oil prince comes in and throws a million bucks at us But yeah, that is round robin group stage. America and Europe, the best there is with a second division for up and coming players. That's it. That's that's what I think we need to make happen. Do you think it's too late to get people into this game? Reforge kind of crushed hopes of every new player for the new player base, but like Gym Discord, Rocket Beans, Korean Amateur League, Bronze Cups. Do you think there is something more the scene could do to welcome new players? As I said, don't feed the dead game meme. It's really hard. We don't have the media outreach. Uh, we are all living very much inside a bubble and we don't get featured by many people outside our bubble so reaching out to something like uh, Kotaku to tell them how amazing War 3 Champions is and that people should try this uh, it's it's really hard I say I, I, the main priority for us at the moment is maintain what we have and not try to aim for growth I mean you should always try to aim for growth but I think this is the max at the moment but there's really, really cool initiatives and they do they do a great job. So let's take a look at the Patreon. I'm interested in any insights you have on race balance after coming out of DreamHack. Do you see any of the existing top players rising to challenge happy or will it take someone new to do that? Oh, someone new that will be very, very rough to fight, mate. Um, to put in the hours to compete to that. I think the dominance could al already be broken when you see that he compares on a higher ping. And I think one of the biggest issues is that people are just freaking afraid to play him. You saw that in uh, So in a Focus a moon less so law light uh, but also in a hawk for example he has this unbeatable aura and if he loses more maps i think he could people uh, could have a higher confidence going into that match already that will probably help uh, then of course the ping itself working against him will help and then it's gonna be real tough like uh, maybe if he doesn't put as much time into Warcraft as he is now. He will slowly drop in skill, but there's definitely a chance for that. I don't see it in the near future, though. Is there any chance ESL Warcraft will return? 
very unlikely. I could see it for a one-off event, maybe if they do an I am Beijing or uh, Dreamhack Germany or something. Because the German player base and German Meisterschaft is running really well. Is there more? <laughs> Don't think so. I think that's all the questions we got. If I'm not mistaken. Cool. Thank you for your questions, everybody. And I hope this was a little enlightening and I... Would really love to hear from you. What are you thinking about all of this? Are you as positive as I am? Uh, do you think I'm looking at this right? Do you think I'm ordering the pillars correctly? Um, just anything that's coming from you is really, really helpful for me to do the job in 2022. I uh, Best example, our in-game overlay. We thought, okay, this is already perfect, but you guys gave so much good feedback and sometimes even a one-liner that blew our minds. That, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Why didn't we think about this? So your input is very much appreciated on everything. Just the entire span of competitive Warcraft. Let me know if I'm thinking this uh, correctly, if I prioritize things correctly, if there's something I don't see. Everything. Put it in the comments. Uh, send it to neo at backtowarcraft.com. My DMs are open everywhere. On Discord, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just, you know, drop me a message. I will learn. I can learn so much from you guys. And with that being said, we have to thank a couple of people because the Patreons are the backbone. Oh, there's something I wanted to say. Um, I'll keep it for next time. Um, the thing about financing and if a tournament Patreon makes sense or if we use our Patreon but with goals for some sort of competition. Um, yeah, what makes you contribute to a project and to a tournament. It would be nice to know, to to help out and to, you know, uh, to figure out what's right. We got the backbone of this project, Mr. Knubbequakes, $500 every single month. He is the golden goat for a reason and for a long time. So whatever you see, uh, what we find, and if you see that we got, uh, we can still pay the bills for Carson or out of Warcraft or update uh, the look and feel, which you will see hopefully soon. Um, for the videos we do. Knubbequakes is always responsible for that and we love him. Uh, also, the Midas tier supporters. You guys are crazy. You guys are so nice. Thank you, Toxie, for everything you do. Thank you, Dondolaro, for great input and taking care of uh, or, or, or thinking about a lot of stuff. I will get back to you soon. Grinchy, most positive Man in the scene, probably the biggest smile. Thank you, Jay Gats. Also, shout out to Canadian Land for being such a great supporter. Scription, Sturcato, Taggy, you guys. I thank you so many times, but it still feels like it's not enough. <laughs> also, Burning Blades, KMS, Kuba, Niels or Nils, 
You guys are freaking amazing, as everyone on this Patreon is. And if you're listening to this thinking, hey, I want to support these guys, how can I do that? We have a little sub page called backtowarcraft.com support. You can find all the links to our Patreon there, which is kind of easy, patreon.com slash backtowarcraft. But also if you just want to find a nice link to uh, the Twitch subscription page, it's all there. One-time donations, if you're not a fan of a reoccurring subscription, one-time donations, definitely possible via Streamlabs, your PayPal, credit card, take it all. We also take your crypto via 1UP coin. And if you need more Christmas presents, we got two solutions for you. A, Back to Warcraft merchandise at merch.backtowarcraft.com or you take a look at what our beautiful sponsor Corsair has to offer. They have, whoopsie. What the? Why is that not working? Um, <laughs> there we go. The page is just down. Okay, all good. Um, if the Corsair page is not down, please uh, feel free to check out their equipment because they are doing great equipment. They are winning awards for their gear, the esports gear manufacturer of the year is Corsair. It is premium products for premium people just like the, you. If you want to give the mouse a headset, a keyboard, um, RAM, LEDs, whatever, chairs, they got it. Mouse mats, everything. And they have some very good deals for the time before Christmas, so grab them while they're hot and use the coupon code back to Warcraft for a 10% discount very nice of you so they see that you are coming from us and they see that it's worth supporting this project i hope you enjoyed this it was a little longer than expected but it's an important topic and there's probably going to be a follow-up on that as well i thank you for watching and your attention and see you guys next week